0: Welcome to Mid-Century Living, your weekly podcast about everything Mid-Century and how to bring the Mid-Century vibe to your everyday life.
1: Welcome to Mid-Century Living. We're your hosts, Jackie
0: and Gonzalo. Welcome to our official first episode. To start off this podcast series, we wanted to clear up any misconceptions about the 1900s Mid-Century and define what we, at Mid-Century Living, consider the Mid-Century. Quick heads up, it's more than just Mid-Century Modern.
1: But before we get started, make sure you've downloaded and listened to episode zero, Meet the Hosts, so that you can learn a little bit more about us before we start talking about stuff in this episode. So, Gonzalo, what do you consider Mid-Century?
0: Uh, it's a great question. Um, so. Of course, with my background in history, as a history teacher, mid-century uh, to me is like just the middle of a century. Actually, whenever I was uh, discussing our podcast idea with a bunch of our teachers at school, I st- I just asked, hey, what do you guys consider the mid-century? And a couple of my coworkers were like, well, which years, like which, which century? Uh, so, To me, the mid-century for us, is like the mid-20th, which to me was a simple time, right? Not a whole lot going as far as like today's problems are. Mid-century for me, that, that time after World War II, time of shortages, right, had ended. It affected everything from how cars were manufactured, how fashion was done. Uh, limiting the amount of items people could use, and all of a sudden, we didn't have those restrictions. From a history standpoint, I guess, mid-century also is the time that we grew so much after World War II. Post-war consumerism grew uh, strong because of the shortages no longer being applied. Manufacturing started using the skills that people had learned during the war things started to go from like war construction time to, hey, we learned how to do all these things, but how do we still use them if we're no longer in war? So all the war effort goods became goods for the civilian market. And we had a lot of materials like nylon that were brand new that we hadn't used before that we all of a sudden were like,
1: We can use. Spoiler alert for the '50s fashion episode. (laughs) Nylon's important. (laughs) Um, Just uh, fabric in general, Um, like synthetic fabric that you don't have to iron, was a very big deal. Sorry to like cut you off there, but you said nylon and was one of my magic trigger words. Being from the fashion side of things. Oh, I'm sorry. Did it.
0: (laughs) Did I give away too much for... No, I think episode? that was a
1: perfect teaser.
0: No, I was saying that uh, so much that we learned in during World War II is so radical, so so different from how people lived before the war that the mid-century kind of took everything and kind of said, hey, look at all this stuff we've learned that we had to learn because we were fighting a war and now we're like, okay, well how can we use that in in everyday life so
1: um
0: so that's what i was I saying.
1: agree wholeheartedly i actually have read an entire book um it's called something from the oven reinventing dinner in 1950s america all about how basically canned and frozen food became a thing in the 50s because Companies started canning and freezing food to get food to our troops overseas and now the war was over and now they have all these canned foods so they start just pitching it to housewives as a convenience item and that wasn't even a concept before then. People would go do their marketing every other day. Fridges were really small. You held just enough food for a couple days if you had a fridge. Um, Like keeping food for the long haul wasn't really a concept unless you you did your own at-home canning, but all of a sudden now they had, like, all these canned foods and they had to just sell them somehow, and that's where all those, like, totally crazy salads with pears and cottage cheese come from. And all of these recipes using canned everything was just, we have all this canned food, what do we do with it now? And they just start, that's how it just became a part of the culture is because they already switched their factory over to doing it, and they were just trying to keep running. So um, that's super fascinating. Interesting. So thinking about the question of what is mid-century, the first thing I did was just sort of write down zero through nine and go down into the middle to see what actually the mid-20th century is. And technically, the 40s and 50s are the middle. But when most people talk about mid-century a time period, it usually extends at least into the mid-60s. Mid-century modern, the design concept, uh, which most most people associate with the mid-century, every time they think of mid-century, they think of mid-century modern, the technical years for that, for the sticklers of the design, and there are many sticklers, is 1945 to 1965. So, personally... I kind of agree with that mainly because I also really love the early sixties aesthetically since I'm the aesthetic person. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, the forties and fifties were interesting, but what I really think about and I think what you're getting at and most of your thoughts about the mid century as well is the post world war two prosperity and all of the greatness that ensued. So, um, It starts off a little bit in the late 40s, but really comes to its own through the 50s. And then the early 60s, it's sort of fading out and becoming a totally different thing by the mid-60s. And then that's when we get into a totally different place. So I think that if we're trying to come up with what is mid-century for us, I think it's probably post-war for sure and then as late into the 60s as we can get before we start getting into the weird 70s place so those are my thoughts on yeah definitely not that there's anything wrong with the 70s
0: yeah maybe we need to call this the two thirds century living, living.
1: Uh, yeah
0: Listeners, I apologize. I am the best at the dad jokes game. All my students tend to laugh at my jokes, although I suspect they are laughing at me.
1: (laughs) At instead of with, for sure.
0: I think a lot of my students definitely laugh at me. But hey, it's fine. I take it it as they're laughing with me. But yeah, uh, I'm glad you brought up design because to me, the mid-century has a lot of design influence. It reflects... This new confidence the nation has as being wealthy, uh, especially in the U.S., because it, the U.S. emerged out of the war a much wealthier nation, a technologically advanced nation, maybe in comparison to others. Uh, there's a lot of affluence post-war consumerism and the American desire to rebuild a society after um, all the things that happened during World War II. And, like, even in Europe, we had, and I'm going to nerd out a little bit, but the whole Marshall Plan, which was, which was basically an economic aid for uh, Europe, which results in a lot of economic booms post war. Um, and what does that mean for our co- podcast? It's this whole advancement in technology, AKA feature episodes, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, man. So, we get so many things in this time period that we still, use now are totally invented during this time rock and roll seatbelts the concept of suburbia that wasn't even a thing it was the country and the city no one commuted back and mm-hmm. forth that was totally invented and we still do that now um, civil rights movements going to outer state. yeah can we
0: stop with the
1: commute? <laughs> Yes, well, I mean, I guess we're working on that. But, yeah, we're working to not commute as much anymore now, I suppose.
0: <laughs> no, I was just going to say that I <laughs> I had a picture of the moon landing in class yesterday. I was trying to be like, what do you guys consider to be old? And I put a picture of that. And my first thought was that song from Even Stevens, We Went to the Moon in 1969, so then I asked, hey, when, did, when, when do you guys think this happened? And someone said 1969. And my verbal response was, yeah, not 1968,
1: but the year after. <laughs> which I thought was funny.
0: Sorry for the tangent.
1: No, that is funny.
0: But that kind of brings us to also the next focus of our podcast, which is why. Why is it important to talk about this? Um, in my opinion it's, you know, so much is making a comeback as far as technology used, design used. There's so much that happened, but also what's really cool, at least in in, in my point of view, is that specifically in the US, Americans wanted to put the war behind them. So this whole emphasis on, on not burying the past, but hey, we just went through a tough time. Let's, let's make sure that what we have coming up is good kind of brought along a lot of advancement that we might still use today, but also stuff that people had not seen before. And also within the family, very interesting this emphasis on post-war is kind of put on the family and the home and even church attendance grows post-war, which by the way, fun tidbit, the U.S. is the only place where that happened. Hmm. Um, I mean, make that claim if.
1: That's fascinating. <laughs> That's all I got to know that it's like actually really <laughs> um, I mean, gee, you'd think at least in England.
0: I know, right? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, people are were so about um, making the best out of life now that we had gone through not just one, but two really big wars. Because really, if you think about it, and the way that I always explain it to my students, World War I and World War II were kind of like one giant war with a halftime in the middle. Because we're talking only about a couple of years. I mean, World War I ends 1918. Um, it's real quickly before we start seeing the gearing up for World War II with the 1930s, really. Um, I know that the U.S. hasn't joined the war until later on in the 40s, but, um, I mean, it's really just like, a, okay, World War One ends, let's breathe for a second, and we're going to go again. So um, all that time that people spent in war is so fresh in their minds that people want to make the best out of the upcoming decades. And if I'm sorry, I brought this way down.
1: No, that's cool. I find that stuff fascinating. What other historical tidbits um, do you have on hand?
0: Uh, Well, um, we have, you brought up mid-century modern, that style uh, for architecture and design. And really that is specific name for a type of style. Um, And I saw it written, not written, described really as a mid-century modern modern being a self-conscious style that refused to acknowledge it was a style. And I found that really interesting because it's kind of like so much changed as far as how we saw things. But no one wants to acknowledge that, hey, we're changing. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So design-wise... Funnily enough, I asked several architect friends of mine what they considered mid-century. I just and I phrased it very carefully. I said, "What do you guys think is mid-century?" And two out of three that I asked said mid-century modern. So uh, I know it's a big part, but like you said, there's so many other styles that emerged during this period. So hopefully, we get to cover them all in uh, future episodes.
1: Yeah, mid century modern is really interesting. People who are very into that design style are the first ones to point out if something you're looking at is not mid century modern. That is a very strong distinction in the Facebook groups. So, I, uh, as you have learned in my last episode, I'm very into being or incorporating the mid century aesthetic into my current life as much as possible, I, um, including home decor and furniture choices, and g, if you go to some of these mid-century modern Facebook groups and you post anything that is also mid-century but not mid-century modern, they will not let you live it down. People who are into mid-century modern huh. are into mid-century modern, and you cannot post a single thing outside of those realms. If you are actually more into, and perhaps I should save this or use this as a transition on relating it into today, um, if you're not a stickler for um, period accurate, if you don't want your house to look like a movie set, but you want to incorporate the style slightly, um, there are Facebook groups. One that comes to mind is Blending Mid-Century Modern And so it's people who incorporate actual mid-century furniture and also other styles like boho and colonial and just everything together. You can buy like half your stuff at Ikea and half your stuff is real vintage from estate sales and they'll tell you how to blend it together. But if you, there are other Facebook groups where it is all mid-century modern and if your furniture doesn't have legs, they kick you out. So (laughs) This is something to consider. But when you think about... That's the thing is why we are not a mid-century modern podcast. We are just a mid-century podcast. Is We appreciate all of these aesthetics, or I do especially. Um, There's many design styles we can cover. Um, Colonial is uh, a little amusing. It is most often referred to on the internet as Colony Awful. It is all (laughs) bald eagles and just drummer boys and oil lamps and those wavy extra pieces of wood on the top of your cabinets just that stuff not great but then there's there's Hollywood Regency to consider there's French provincial it's another design style that comes up in the mid-century atomic era design is what a lot of people think about as well like boomerang laminate For your countertops, Sputnik chandeliers. I actually have a Sputnik chandelier in my kitchen. It was one of the things that I wanted when I bought my house. I was like, well, it's got to have a Sputnik. And then ever since then, I kind of have been leaning more late 60s in my design styles. And now it sticks out like a sore thumb. But that's something I'll have to deal with later.
0: I like it. I've seen (laughs) pictures and I like it. So if you get rid of it, you tell me and I'll put it in my house.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel like I need to... I My color palette is really very 70s. I really like orange and avocado mm-hmm. and harvest gold. We will talk about earlier than that for the sake of this podcast. We've got plenty to talk about in yeah. the time period we've just sort of covered.
0: Yeah, but also this conversation about your color palette is showing us something pretty important for our podcast that is how this is still relevant today i mean you're talking about decorating your house with a certain style that is mid-century and uh, i think that's pretty cool
1: so i think we're pretty much in agreement here that for the sake of this podcast we're going to focus on 1945 through 1965
0: does that sound right Yeah, yeah i think you hit it right is, is it is a phrase hit the nail on the head? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think that sounds pretty good. Um, I like it, and um, it gives us a lot to talk about. And it kind of this whole discussion about your your color palette and your style at your house kind of brings us to another important part of our podcast, which is how does it affect us today?
1: And why we are a mid century living podcast and not a mid century modern living podcast is just because fixating on mid century modern, I think, cuts out so much of what is what makes the mid century rich and interesting. All the tacky stuff like Colony Awful, the food, the music, the culture in general. If you just only talk about mid century modern, you're missing all of that goodness. And a lot of that goodness is what I am absorbing into my daily life today, and I'm sure a lot of you listening are as well. So that's why we're trying to keep it kind of broad. We're going to go ahead and limit the years just to kind of keep us on track. But when I mean, we will talk about mid century modern, I'm sure we've got a couple episodes planned of, um, specific designers and architects. So that will happen, but.
0: Yeah. And I mean, we are seeing a lot of it today and there's a lot of people, especially on social media who uh, like to, like, just like you kind of incorporated into their daily lives. Um, And with food, especially, I mean, you see posts about how interesting it was uh, coming out of World War II, like you said earlier, with we have all these canned goods, and now we start seeing things uh, like salads and jello. Yep. So, hopefully, we can do some food related episodes. And hey, I mean, there's some great people to follow. Uh, maybe we can even coerce some people to be guests. Hey, shout out to Dylan Hollis if you're listening. I mean,
1: come on the pod. Come on our show. You're our <laughs> hero. Oh my goodness. That would be the dream.
0: <laughs> yes. I'd be like, we've made it if Dylan uh, decides to chime in. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's such an interesting time period. So much changed. We're seeing it still relevant. A lot of the technology we have today. Is technology that we've improved on because of what happened in the mid-century. So yeah, listeners, that's what we consider the mid-century. And uh, hopefully, it's what you consider the mid-century as well.
1: If you have a favorite part of the mid-century that we missed in this episode, we're definitely probably going to cover it in a future one. But we would love to hear your suggestions. If you want to email us at info.mcliving@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We could use future show ideas. If you want to be a guest on the show, we are open to suggestion. So go ahead and send us an email. Does that seem like a good place to land the plane?
0: But yeah, um, I think we've, we've landed the plane. And uh, like Jackie said, make sure you email us with suggestions and uh, we'll see you next Friday. Bye. Thank you for listening to Mid-Century Living. Please subscribe, tell your friends, and leave a review. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at MCL Podcast. See you next Friday.